0: You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's no huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart.
1: John Harris, Sideline Analyst, Texans Radio Network, and the Texans team channel here on TuneIn. John, we appreciate you taking the time. So even though Tom Savage had four turnovers in the loss Sunday on the road in L.A. to the Rams, he's going to start this week coming up against the Cardinals. How long do you think his leash will be in that matchup if he struggles again?
0: I think it's got to be pretty short, Brian. I, I don't think there's any way that, that Tom's going to have the leash that he had the other day. I think TJ Yates has been there for three weeks now, and he knew a decent majority of the offense. In fact, TJ Yates was one of the people instrumental in helping Deshaun Watson learn the offense in the offseason. So I think if TJ has you know, gone through some stuff the last few weeks, he had a premature uh, baby – uh, by 10 weeks premature, his wife did. And so he was at the NICU when he got the, the notice to come to Houston. So I think, you know, he's a few weeks past that. Maybe he's doing okay. So I think that probably has helped his mental state. Physically, he looks good. So I would imagine that if Tom Savage struggles again early, that there's no way that Bill O'Brien won't pull the trigger, especially at NRG Stadium, where I do not believe Tom Savage is going to get the, the biggest round of applause on Sunday when the offense is introduced, it's the offense's turn to be introduced on Andre Johnson day. So I would imagine the crowd will get a little ornery if he doesn't do something right away. And if he does not have a good start, I think they'll go to TJ Yates relatively early or relatively early.
2: Regardless of who you may go to at the quarterback position, uh, you do have Will Fuller who uh, looked like he sustained a, a rib injury with a big hit coming across the middle. Tell me, uh, how is he doing so far? Will he be able to play to be that deep threat that he once was?
0: Cordell, I think he's going to be out for this one. He took a shot from Lamarcus Joyner, who is actually one of my favorite players in the NFL. I remember him coming out of Florida State, and I wrote about him saying that, you know, Lamarcus Joyner could be the next Ronde Barber, a guy that could play in the slot, could play at safety, could play at corner. You play a lot of different places. Well, Lamarcus Joyner is a true baller, and he hit Will Fuller. I'm telling you, right in the ribs, about 10 yards away from me, and I've got headphones on listening to Mark and Andre during the broadcast, and I heard it. I was like, oh, my goodness. Will got up after that. He said after the game he was okay, but my guess is that he'll probably miss this week. The guys are out today with the off day on Tuesday, but we'll we'll find out a little bit more tomorrow, but my gut tells me it's probably going to be another week before he can get back on the field, which will be for Monday night football against the Baltimore Ravens.
1: Chatting with John Harris, Texans Radio Network, Texans team channel here on TuneIn. John, you alluded to a special day for Andre Johnson going to be honored coming up on Sunday. So many talented wide receivers over the last quarter century in our league, but do you think Johnson did enough to make it to the Hall of Fame?
0: Well, of course I'm biased because I've seen Andre since 2007, and that's when uh, I got back here to Houston in 2007. And one of the things that I wanted to do with Andre was just watch him at practice and just see how he worked. And he was maniacal about his work at practice. And the great ones at the receiver position were all that way. I mean, Jerry Rice, I mean, that guy put in insane amounts of work. And Andre Johnson wanted to be that, that type of player. Now, he did it in his own way. But, man, he, here's the thing that holds him back to a degree. He didn't score a lot of touchdowns. And on top of that, the Texans didn't get – very far in their playoff trips when they did get to the playoffs when Andre was near the end of his career in 2011-2012. Those two things, I think, hurt him a little bit. And now you've got some players that are passing him. I think Larry Fitzgerald has now moved up, the, moved up the charts a little bit. I'm biased. I think Andre should be in the Hall of Fame, but I don't think that it'll happen on the first or second ballot because now you're going to start getting a backlog of guys that produced numbers. But I do know there was a time, when the three best receivers in the league, and this was for a number of years, were Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, and Andre Johnson. And then there would be some others that were kind of being that mix. But for a while, it was those three guys. And I think that period of dominance for Andre will eventually get him into the Hall of Fame. I think he deserves to go in there. And that might be my first trip to Canton is when Andre does go in the Hall of Fame, and hopefully he does that sooner than later.
2: For this organization, the best move, let's just say, they could have ever made was to grab Deshaun Watson. I think most would probably say that, considering that this is the first time that this organization has had a dynamic quarterback like a Deshaun Watson. So that leads me to ask this question. Who's most important to this, to this team? Is it Bill O'Brien or is it Deshaun Watson?
0: Ooh, that's yeah. a great question, Cornell. Now, I, I say this. Having known Bill O'Brien for about 25 years, we were teammates at Brown University. So we've known each other for a long time. I think the the key thing is I I think the politically correct thing to say is both of them, because both of them, I think when they were together, they've really come up with a nice offense that they can build on. And you really, I mean, nobody was stopping them at that point. But I don't think there's any question. You've got to have the guy pulling the trigger. You've got to have Deshaun Watson uh, throwing the ball, making magic happen. That, you've got to have Deshaun Watson. There's no question. Now, another coach comes in, maybe he doesn't quite understand what he has, uh, and he tries to do some different things with Deshaun. I don't know. I know what Bill O'Brien was doing and the stuff that he had in his back pocket that they didn't have, they didn't have out yet that they were going to use with Deshaun down the road. I think is gonna make the Texans a very dangerous team in the future, especially when they can get some of the pieces back on the defensive side of the ball. But I think you've got to have the guy pulling the trigger because Bill Belichick without Tom Brady is a good coach, a playoff a playoff coach. But is he winning Super Bowls? I don't think so. So I think you've got to have that guy pulling the trigger. So Deshaun Watson is maybe I don't know, maybe he is the most valuable individual in this organization at this moment and will be for, hopefully, a good long while.
1: John, you played that well. You should run for Congress. very delicately (laughs) constructed answer. John Harris, Sideline Analyst, Texans Radio Network, Texans Team Channel, here on TuneIn. Houston has to focus on their own issues, but as you just demonstrated, you're a broadcaster who can opine. How much of an advantage is it that you could be seeing Blaine Gabbert as the third-string quarterback forced to start or Drew Stanton, who's less than 100% because of the knee injury coming up on Sunday?
0: Well, I'll tell you this, Ryan. We've seen Tom Brady and Russell Wilson and Jared Goff. I will. I don't care if it's Drew Stanton or if it's Blaine Gabbert. I'll take the, the break, if you will, because after seeing all those quarterbacks already this year, it'll be, it'll be nice to see someone... Not have a you know not a guy that was the number one overall pick. We, heck, we saw Alex Smith at the height of his play on a Sunday night. So we've seen some really good quarterbacks this year, and it'll be it'll be nice to see somebody at that level. Now that said, those guys can still make a few plays against a defense that has struggled a little bit. It got it played better against LA for about two and a half quarters, and then the dam broke and the Texans turned it over too much and the defense is put on short field. So that was, that was a killer in second half. But if that defense shows up that play in the first half and can play a full 60 minutes, then whether it's Stane or it's Gabbard, I don't think they're too concerned about that. They're both athletic. They can make some things happen, but they're not those quarterbacks I mentioned, and that will be a good thing for this defense to see at home on the day they celebrate Andre Johnson.
2: I think they need to start running the football a little bit more. Um, you take the ball out of Tom Savage's hands or whomever it may be. If it's not Tom Savage, whether be a half, he has left to prove himself. Uh, but if you can start running the football and control the clock just a little bit, I think this defense will probably have a little bit more energy to play with uh, when playing in the game. You watch that track meet uh, that the Rams ended up putting up last week against them, uh, being able to do pretty much any and everything they wanted to do. But because I think the offense got off the field so quick, it ended up forcing the defense out there, and I think it cost him to become really, really tired. If you if you had to do it your way, would you change it around to force everything to be done in the trenches and start with Lamar Miller?
0: In theory, absolutely, Cordell. I absolutely agree with you in theory. I think that's what Bill O'Brien would like to be able to do. With Deontay Foreman and Lamar Miller, I think he would love to be able to do that. The problem is the offensive line is not – Uh, it's not a top-quality offensive line at this point. There's no Dwayne Brown. uh, There's no Brandon Brooks. Those guys were stalwarts for a while. Derek Newton has not been able to come back from an injury he suffered last year. Those are three important pieces for this offensive line, and they don't have those guys. And that's really, I think, been a major issue uh, for this team. Now, Deshaun could mask some of that with his ability to get out of the pocket, to get away from the pressure, and how fast, he made decisions and got the ball out of his hands. But without that, safeties are locked in. You got seven, eight guys near the box. They're forcing Tom Savage to have to beat them and he's not able to do it. So they did run the ball with some success early, but that the Rams said, forget that. Number three's gotta beat us, and we don't think he can. And the Rams are right. And Wade Phillips, that defense of the Rams, took a took a chance and a calculated one, that Tom Savage wasn't gonna be able to throw the ball and beat them and they had to get away from the run once they got down 23-7, 30-7, and now they're having to throw the ball to try and stay in it. But absolutely, Cordell, I think they should run it, but it's so tough to do with this offensive line that really doesn't get a ton of movement off the football, and they're, they're not able to really get a rhythm going running the ball. But that's what they'd like to do. I know that's what Bill O'Brien would want to do. They're just not able to execute that aspect of it as much as they would like to without Deshaun Watson taking some of the eyes off that running game onto him. And when they did that, then they were able to run the ball effectively. They just haven't been able to do that with Deshaun out of the lineup.
1: John, as always, we appreciate the information. Enjoy your week, and we'll chat with you next week again right here on the NFL on TuneIn. Absolutely, guys. Thank you for having me. John Harris, Texans Radio Network and the Texans Team Channel here on TuneIn. John referenced the story.